0: Are you allowing the Spirit of God to saturate you? When you do this, you are tarrying. You are allowing the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon you, to fill you again and again. And if you learn to press in, tarry, in your everyday walk, what you will find is the power of God comes upon you to fulfill the assignment that is right in front of you. Get ready for a night of Holy Ghost power. September 22nd, Miracles, Signs, and Wonders. Register now at firedupconference.com. Luke 24, verse 49. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem, until you are endued with power from on high. Until you are endued, wait, tarry. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. How many of you know the promise is the Holy Spirit? The promise is the Holy Spirit. I send you the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry. It says to tarry. To the word tarry means to be vigilant. It means to be responsible. It means to be vigilant in prayer. It means to be responsible in life. And it means to stay longer than intended. To stay longer than you intended to stay. Tarry somebody. Say, I'm tarrying in prayer. I'm going to tarry in worship. I'm going to tarry in the presence of the Lord. I'm going to stay longer than I thought I was going to stay. Because the the goodness of God just draws me in. We're going to tarry. Say, I'm tarrying. And so it says, behold. I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry. Now, how many of you know this is, this is an instruction that we are being given? Terry, in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Until you are endued. To be endued means to be clothed, right? To clothe yourself. It means to put on. It means to be smeared with, with the power from on high. To be smeared, to be clothed, to be, to be literally uh, put on on the power of Christ. Say, I am clothed with dunamis power. I am clothed with dunamis power, and I will not walk in any other way. I'm clothed with him. See, the Bible says we are to put on the armor of Christ, the armor of God, right? We're to put on the armor of God. We're, we're supposed to uh, put on the armor of light. Okay, this is Romans 13 12. Put on Christ. Tells us to put on the armor of God, but it also tells us to put on Christ. Put on Christ in Galatians 3.27. Galatians 3.27. If you're writing this down, Galatians 3.27. Put on Christ. Put on the armor of light. You are endued with God's power. So we are literally being endued. I am endued with the power of God. I am clothed with God's power. And I also put on the armor of God, which is Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 10, thereon forth, right? So, he told them to be prayerful. He told us to be prayerful, right? He told them to be prayerful and to wait until they have received supernatural power from on high. This is what Jesus told his disciples to do. And then, of course, he was what? Taken up to heaven. Jesus was then taken up to heaven. Uh, look at verse, still in Luke 24, but look at verse 52 and 53. Luke 24, 52 and 53. This is right as he was being carried up to heaven. It says, and they worshiped him. He's being carried up into heaven. And they worshiped him. And they returned to Jerusalem with great joy. Jesus was just taken up. They saw him. And they worshiped him. And they returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple praising God and blessing God continually say they had to trust that the words that Jesus spoke were going to come to pass right they saw him being taken up but they had to trust that the words that he spoke were literally going to come to pass you know we have to do the same we get to do the same we get to trust that the words that Jesus have spoken to us are going to come to pass and we all have promises that God has spoken yes We have promises, yeah? So, Pentecost. Pentecost literally means 50 days or or seven uh, Sundays after Easter. You all know that, right? 50 days or seven Sundays after Easter. It's when the Holy Spirit descended upon the believers in the upper room, and they were all filled with power in Acts 2, which we'll get there in a moment. But it's when the Holy Spirit, he descended upon all the believers. They were filled with power power, right? So the word Pentecost comes from the Greek word, which means 50. And 50 days after the death and resurrection and ascension of Jesus is when there was a visible outpouring. It occurred. Now let's turn to Acts chapter 1. And verses 3 through 5, I'm going to read it to you. It says, he also predestined, he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs being seen by them during the 40 days and speaking of things that pertained to the kingdom of God now we just read in this scripture that 40 days he was seen for 40 days and then for 10 days he was not which marks the 50th day when the holy spirit was poured out and when he was seen for those 40 days, he was seen by many people. Many people. And you have to know that they were doing exactly what God had told them to do, verse 4, being assembled together. That is, the, that was the instruction. To be assembled together in unity. They were assembled together. Are we all reading the same scripture? Verse 4. Okay. They, being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. Again, wait or tarry, right? Uh, delay your departure. Wait. Some people never experience the fullness of God's Holy Spirit because they don't engage in tarrying. They just, you know, quickly, they they just quickly, they They'll may- maybe they'll come to a worship service and they'll sing a few songs, but they're not engaging. And if you're not engaging, are you tarrying? Are you allowing the spirit of God to saturate you? So there is an art of how to worship. And we must learn the art of worship. And when we worship Jesus, which is a form of tarrying, so is praying, so is reading your word. Uh, but when we worship, we literally want to... We want to Exalt his name. We want to glorify Jesus. Yes, we want to tell him that we love him. We also want to receive that which he's already done for us, but we want to receive it because we remind ourselves of the goodness of God. When you do this, you are tarrying. You are allowing the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon you, to fill you again and again. And we're going to get to a scripture here in a moment that tells us this is what we are to do continually. It wasn't just a one-time occurrence, but it's a continual, it should be a continual occurrence. It should be a lifestyle. So verse 4, being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. And verse 5, For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Say that was the promise. That's what they were told. That's what they were doing. So why should we celebrate Pentecost? You know, although Christ died for our sins, we know Christ died for our sins. We also need the infilling. We need the infilling of the Holy Spirit so we can do the work of discipleship that each and every one of you were called to do. You were all called to do the work of discipleship. Did you know that? Yeah? We are all called to go and make disciples of all nations. This is the Great Commission in Matthew 28. But you can't go and make disciples disciples, unless not true disciples, unless you are literally filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, because it is the power of the Holy Spirit that's going to give you the wisdom of God, the power of God, to be able to speak to individuals, and to be able to literally um, draw them supernaturally to the Lord, because there are a lot of questions, and there are a lot, there's a lot of confusion, there's a lot of people trying, going different directions, seeking after truth, but not finding it, because they're not seeking the truth of the word of God but you are called to go make disciples and you do that as you're filled with the power of the Holy Spirit are we all following it is important we're celebrating that which Jesus said to do continually we need to be effective say I have to be effective I, I'm not going to just memorize scripture and sit in a seat and be like okay well I've done my duty no well, we need to be effective in the kingdom. And the way we're effective in the kingdom is to make sure that you literally learn how to walk with the Holy Spirit because you're filled, continually filled with his power. Say, I'm going to be an effective witness. And in order to do that, I'm going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Look at Acts 1.8. Acts 1.8 says, but you shall receive power. Again, that word power is dunamis. Amen. It's dunamis power, which means power to perform miracles. YOU SHALL RECEIVE POWER, POWER TO PERFORM MIRACLES. HOW MANY PEOPLE HAVE BEEN HEALED COMING TO ONE OF THESE SERVICES OVER ALL THE YEARS THAT WE HAVE HAD THESE SERVICES. I MEAN, THE LIST GOES ON AND ON AND ON. AND I'M NOT SAYING THIS TO BOAST. I'M SAYING THIS TO BOAST IN THE LORD. We are to be filled with the power, the dunamis power. Dunamis power means power for miracles. How else will you lay your hands upon the sick and see them recover? If it wasn't for the power of the Holy Spirit, there is no other way. Because there is no other lasting truth. You may say, no, I was healed in in such and such way. There is no other lasting truth that's literally grounded in the word of God that will stand the test of time that is truth, obedience unto his word. We shall receive power. This verse is not talking about the Holy Spirit residing in us because you receive that when you receive Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. When you receive Jesus, you receive the power of the Holy Spirit. So it's not talking about the power of the Holy Spirit that already resides on the inside of you. But it's talking about the power of God coming upon you. There is a power, the power of God comes upon you to fulfill that assignment. You all have assignments. And if you learn to press in, tarry, in your everyday walk, what you will find is the power of God comes up you to fulfill the assignment that is right in front of you. He will bring people your way. He will show you where to go, what to say, but the power of God will come upon you to complete that assignment, that task. How many of you have already witnessed this? And you can raise your hand and say yes. And how many of you want to witness it even more? And so it's it's an art of literally learning how to walk with Holy Spirit and how to tarry a little longer, how to be saturated. And that's why I love when we sing and we just go into spontaneous flow. We do the, a lot here. We go into a spontaneous flow when we're singing. Um, spontaneous flow is just literally letting letting Jesus just, the Holy Spirit just sing through us. It's like hearing from heaven and then just letting that, that, that sound, those words just flow through us. It's spontaneous worship, spontaneous worship. Flow, spontaneous singing—you can call it different things, but it is aligning yourself with Holy Spirit and learning how to walk under the unction of His strength, His power. It's important that you learn to do this because you need to do that out there as well. So as you get trained, and that's what you come here—you get, you get trained. You come to church, you get part of why you come to church is you get trained how to how to walk, how to be effective right? Everywhere you go in life, right? So part of why you come is to literally be equipped to get trained up so that you can be his disciples that carry power. Not a powerless Christian of which there are many. A powerful Christian that's in sync and in tune with the Holy Spirit and knows what God is saying to do at that moment in time and will literally carry it out. As ridiculous as it may seem In your mind, if truth be told, it does. It seems ridiculous. It seems kind of crazy. But we like some of the things that the Lord may have you say or do, right? The unction of the Holy Spirit. Let's just say, for instance, since maybe some of you need an example, I don't know. But you know, you're praying for somebody, and all of a sudden you feel the unction of the Holy Spirit come upon you. And your voice goes up, and maybe you all of a sudden, you decide, you say, the fire of the Lord will get really. Like, how is that going to help that individual? But under the unction of the Holy Spirit, you better believe that that person is getting set free, that person is getting delivered, that person is getting healed, that person is literally being transformed because it's the power of the Spirit that he unctioned you to do and to say whatever you just got done saying, even though it seemed kind of ridiculous in your own mind. Because we don't go by our own minds. At least we shouldn't. We should go by the power of the Holy Spirit and be so used to, be so used to letting him lead us and his power that we, we don't question it. I don't question it. I don't really care if I look ridiculous and it doesn't matter to me because it's not me. If, you, if you're looking at the individual, uh, then you have your eyes on the wrong person. Your eyes should be on what Jesus is doing through that vessel, not that vessel. Right, Your eyes should be on, Jesus, what are you doing through them? When your eyes are on that, then you're focused, you're aligned correctly. You too are being trained to do what God calls you to do. And you're not going to care what, it, what people think about you, what it may look like, because you realize there is power, the power of God, in trusting every move of God. Every move of God. We have to trust. We get to trust right you can't live in under the power of the holy spirit without doing what i'm telling you to do you'll miss opportunities constantly we don't want to miss opportunities right so we're called to be disciples we're called to go and make disciples we're called to make disciples all all around the world that's literally what we're called to do so verse 8 but you shall receive power when the holy spirit That power is doing him his power to perform miracles. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit was poured out on the disciples in Jerusalem, this marked the date of the beginning of the Christian church. This marked the first century church, the beginning of of the Christian church. So in the Old Testament, God's people consisted of Israelis. But Pentecost heals the division, the dividing line. It literally heals that dividing line through the outpouring. He poured out on all of them. The 120 that were in the upper room, upon all of them. And that was something that continued to spread over every tongue, every tribe, every nation. Are we hearing this? God reconciled us through his son. Right? God reconciled us through Jesus. Right? We know the cross. We know that the blood. We were reconciled through his son so that we have been made one body. He said to go and wait and to tarry in unison, in unity. So critical. When there is not unity, then the power of God can't move as freely. It's a hindrance. It's when there is no unity, there is a hindering spirit. And the person that gets shortchanged, really, honestly, is the person carrying the hindering spirit. So that's why we don't want to carry a hindering spirit, a spirit of division, or anything like that. We want to get rid of that, right? We want to repent of that and get rid of that. We want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and be filled with the power. We want to be endued with power from on high so that we can share his love to everybody. Amen. Amen. Yes, endued with the power from on high. Look at verse 9, Acts 1-9. Because when Jesus was taken up to heaven, Shekinah glory, the cloud of glory came down. Look at verse 9. Now, when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him. A cloud received him, and he went out of their sight. The Shekinah glory cloud just enveloped him as he went up. What happens in these services when we're in the thick of the glory, but the Shekinah glory cloud enters the room and people get healed just because of the glory? What is the glory but the presence of the Holy Spirit? The cloud came. They watched. The disciples watched as Jesus was just literally just enveloped in this cloud and he was taken up but we know he's coming back down. But it's his glory that comes down all the time. It's his presence that comes down all the time. As much as you want. As much as we want. We don't want to limit. Yeah. As much as we want. As much as we make room for. So if we make room In our hearts, and if we make room in our minds to really engage and have that that encounter with Jesus, you are literally making room for His glory to come down upon you and to literally be saturated to have that glory outpouring that we sing about. But literally, you become so engaged and one with Him that you're being literally, you're getting filled up with His power. That's why the, the, in the presence of the Lord, there's the fullness of joy, fullness of joy in his presence. He literally pours out his Shekinah glory. And, and of course, we know he, as he pours out his glory, anything that is needed in your life is actually supplied by the great supplier. Healing is supplied. Renewed vision is supplied. Focus, clarity, joy purpose. You know, you're getting filled. You're getting strong. Your spirit is growing. You're getting the boldness of the Lord. You've got purpose. You have, you know, your desires have changed from what used to uh, pull you to now what you literally desire, which is all of Jesus. You're becoming lovesick lovers of Jesus. Why? 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 Because we practice the presence of God. We're we're acknowledging, we're celebrating, we're, you know, the Pentecost weekend. But in reality, we live this way. This is not a a one-time-a-year celebration for us. And it shouldn't be for any Christian, to be honest with you. It shouldn't be for any Christian. It should literally be a continual lifestyle of letting Holy Spirit pour in and letting Holy Spirit pour out. Say, it's a lifestyle. So every time we gather together, people get healed. People get set on fire like boldness. People receive confidence. Their lives are transformed. Now turn to Acts chapter 2. Because I want to read to you about the birthing of the church. Acts chapter 2, verses uh, 1 through 4. Now, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord and in one place. And I've already touched on that, unity, Right? And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. They were just doing what Jesus told them to do. They were being obedient. And the sound, and the rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. So there was noise, noise from heaven, a sound from heaven, a rushing mighty wind. And there appeared to them, it says, divided tongues as of fire. And each one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled. Say they were all filled. filled. You are all being filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. It is the Holy Spirit in you that will give you utterance to literally speak the language of heaven. Look at verse six. And when this sound occurred, the multitudes came together, and they were they were con- and and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. So everyone's like, "What is this?" Right? They all heard them speak in their own language, even though they didn't know that language before. Right? Go go to verse uh, verse twelve. And so they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another. Whatever could this mean? What is this? They were confused, right? Some of the people there. And verse 13, others, they mocked and they said, oh, they're they're, they're full of wine. They're, they're They're just full of wine. They're mocking. You know, people always mock what they don't understand. People will always ridicule what they can't seem to figure out, right? But we are not going to allow that to stop us from doing the will of God. I will be more undignified than this. We will be more undignified than this. Amen. Yeah. As as long as you're doing the will of God and you know his word is his will, then we will be more undignified than this. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Verse 14. But Peter, standing up with the 11, raised his voice, and he said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. He says, listen. All of you naysayers, listen, all of you mockers that seem to not understand and want to disqualify and discredit what the Holy Spirit just got done doing. Hey, we have them in our day, too. We have them in our day. They, they, they don't, you know, the, the judgments that starts to fly when they hear your charismatic Pentecostal. Oh, you mean you're a tongue-talking Pentecostal, you know, flying from the chandeliers? Well, let me tell you something. Because we love Jesus, yes and yes again. Do you have a problem with that? Because if you do, you have to take it up with him. So Peter says, standing with the 11, he raises his voice and he says, Men of Judea and all of you who dwell in Jerusalem, let it be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk. They're not drunk as you suppose. You think you're misjudging them. They're not drunk. It's only about the third hour. They're, it's about 9 o'clock in the morning. Really? And he says, no. But instead, this is what the prophet Joel spoke about. And it shall come to pass in the last days. Ah, hallelujah. You know, this is first spoken of in the, in the, in the book of Joel. The prophet Joel first said this. It's just restated here in Acts. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says the Lord that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Come on, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. That means all of you shall prophesy because you are also sons and daughters of the most high God. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. You're not pouring it out. I'm pouring out my spirit. And they shall prophesy. Again, he's saying they're going to prophesy. You're going to prophesy says, I'm going to show wonders in heaven above and signs on the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass. Come on, when God says, and it shall come to pass, maybe we ought to listen and maybe we ought to believe it, right? And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. In verse 39, it says, this promise is for you and for your children. You go over to verse 39, you'll see it. it this promise is not only for you, but it's also for your loved ones. Claim it. What did he say? What did, when Peter was saying this, he says, but it says, it shall come to pass. Listen, when Peter said, gave this message, this sermon, like over 3,000 people got saved. Like a lot of people, they were all convicted, they were all like just convicted. And they said, oh, I thought they were just drunk. I thought they were just acting crazy. I didn't realize this is something called the power of the Holy Spirit that's transforming them and transforming you as well. You're being transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. And again... They were in unison. They were in agreement. They were saying, Lord, give me everything you have. I want it all. You should not limit the Holy Spirit because he wants to pour out bigger than you have ever even can even imagine.